And Tony and I are back again this week. It's a new year, a new day, a new opportunities for the whole year. I'm kind of happy. I felt a shift of energy myself. And I think 24 is going to be way better than 23, at least for me. Um, I wanted to let everybody know about um, Blondie, the feral cat that I brought in. He is acclimating perfectly. He's hanging out. I even caught him playing with another cat couple days ago he doesn't want to be touched uh, still yet he wants me to keep my six feet distance and i do but he's now being a real cat and if he doesn't want me touching him that's cool um he's eating well he's acting out with them he's sleeping with them it's it's really beautiful to see him become himself to become relaxed and be himself you know he's in isolation for so long because he wouldn't come out and now that he is, I think he's understanding what I've been trying to tell him for the past two years. He said, if you just come out, I won't bother you. But, you know, at least you'll have some friends to hang out with. And he does. So I am just, I have to tell you that that was my biggest Christmas gift I've gotten in a long time, is to have him turn into a real-life cat. And actually, he used to have this little frowny face, like he was always mad about something. His face is even relaxed. He's not frowning anymore. He's not smiling and jumping up and down, but he's not, you know, isolated and he's not all by himself. So that is my story on that one. And I'm saying, Tony, are you there, darling? Yeah. How are you Well, doing? they're fine. Uh, Alex went in for a beauty spa yesterday morning, which is a very big ordeal. I have to give him a bath the, the day before because he won't let anybody else give him a bath. Then he's got a drop. And then yesterday morning, I dropped him off at 8 at the vet because he's got to be sedated. <laughs> I bought him a sweater so he doesn't get cold. And it was like he didn't know what happened to all the wool that's around his body and his face. He was so aggravated yesterday but he's well, much better mom was doing things she shouldn't be doing in his book well of course and <laughs> he went to sleep and woke up in no hair doesn't understand ah. well if you can just tell him it's magic well i did but then qq <laughs> i did but qq went and jumped from the kitchen counter to another counter, and he looked at me like, why can she fly and I can't? You see, I have a problem. You do have a problem. I do have He's a very problem. aware. He's very aware. Oh, my. Yes, he is. I know. Yeah, he's just not but blindly plodding through life. He's analyzing everything. <laughs> oh, oh yes, he is. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, that's our story. Duke goes in next week, so we'll deal with that next week. Yeah. Well, I'm going to go get Veronica and oh. say hello to our guests today. Well, I sure will. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show today. And, you know, as I say, we've got some good questions. Please don't be shy. You know, write in to innerwhispersradio.com. And that is I-N-N-E-R, 
whispersradio.com. Are you there, Veronica? Mm, yes, we are. Good day to you. And good day to you. Our first question is coming from Tim. Veronica, do catastrophic weather events hit in certain areas for a reason, or are they random and could have happened anywhere? Well, there is a lot of manipulation of weather in your current well, current culture. However, the planet, the weather is sort of like the planet's expression of itself. And left to its own devices, they can happen anywhere. Now, they're usually deemed by the planet's consciousness. But there are certain elements that are in place where humans can manipulate the weather a little bit. It's been going on for a bit. But normally, in a natural environment, it can happen anywhere. But it is coming from the consciousness of the planet, um, how the planet feels. And we've always talked about how the planet is like, you know, a child who has been, you know, treated poorly. That's what's going on. So that's why we always encourage everyone to be nice to the planet, because it has consciousness and it has emotion. And the emotion is expressed through the weather sometimes. And it's all the elements of the planet that go into, you know, the water and the wind and all that stuff. It's all like this one big package of the consciousness of the planet. But yes, it can happen anywhere, but sometimes not. All right, our next question is coming from Susan. How do animals feel about being responsibly rehomed? We'd say that all animals look for love and attention. All animals want to feel connected. Animals who are rehomed, they don't realize, they don't realize the complexity of, oh, I'm going to put you in another place for whatever reason that might be. And a lot of times there can be personality disruption. There can be animals who just don't fit into the family dynamic and you rehome them. The dog or the cat or the guinea pig doesn't realize that they're being rehomed. All they're seeking is that connection. And if they get it in the new rehomed environment, they will respond to it. They, pay, they, they don't like to pay attention to um, all the minutiae details that humans get into, but they do understand love. And they don't, you know, they'll remember a person, like say you rehomed, Mary rehomed her cat. They will remember Mary, but cats, dogs, and animals are very immediate. They don't really dwell in the past and they don't project forward into the future. They're very present. So wherever they're at, as long as it's warm and loving, they will be happy with it. They don't understand the complexities or why they've been rehomed. They just look for the love. All right. Michael would like to know. I've been doing a deep dive into ET abduction and paranormal. Reading a lot of material by respected scientists and academics and have come to realize that this is not preview of cooks and fringe conspiracy theories. 
Is this true? Does this make sense, Veronica? Well, we can like, redo that just a little bit here. Um, what he's been doing is looking into the paranormal, and he's been looking into um, the AET abduction phenomena. And he's read a lot of things about it because he said that for a long time, it was put into the column of kooks and fringe conspiracy theorists that popularly, you know, talk about this stuff. Is it true? We can say that for a long time, your culture and your planet wanted to suppress the concept of aliens. They wanted to suppress the idea that there was anything but human endeavors upon a planet called Earth. So when things started to unfold, where those were visiting from other places, your culture and your leaders thought, well, our people may not be able to handle this. This could maybe flip everybody into something that is scary. And they didn't want to disrupt the status quo because many did not feel that the majority of the population would be able to handle it. So they suppressed a lot of the information. And if you've ever looked it up on the Internet, there are pages and pages and pages about this. Now, what we will say, it's unfortunate that some say, well, they, you know, you're alien abducted and they do experiments on you and things like that. We think that there have been abductions, but we don't think that they're up there, you know, dissecting the human form. They want to help. And and pushed back so far that it's made it even more scary. So we say that, yeah, it's true to some extent, but it's not kooky, and it's not a fringe theory, you know, conspiracy theory. There are other planets. There are other civilizations. There are a lot of things that all of you are enjoying technology-wise because the powers that be found some of the aircraft and are using some of the technology. That is what has been developed over them coming. They want to help. They do not want to destroy you. They don't want to eat you for breakfast. But it is true that there are those who are coming from other places that are not Earth. Your culture is slowly starting to get that. Now, there's still some that say, oh, it's nonsense. But the truth eventually will come out when many will feel that humans are probably now, you know, able to handle the information. But it's not a kooky thing. And scientists are starting to open in their mouths. They're starting to talk. So we think this is a good thing. Anything that expands awareness and consciousness while you are incarnate is a good thing. And so is this. Okay. Sarah writes in to our chat often return from previous lifetimes. How long do these connections generally go on? Eternally. Once you connect with an energy, and let's say that that energy, you know, manifests itself as a cat or a dog, and it's connected to you. And when you, and when you found the cat or when you got the cat or the dog, there was an immediate moment of knowing. These connections go on eternally. You, if you have a dog or a cat or, or a pet of any sort, even a horse, that you feel a deep connection with, and let's say they 
for some reason, cross out of the reality. We have witnessed many reincarnational returns because the dog, cat, etc., missed their human, wanted to be back with the human, felt that the human needed them. So pets return a lot. We'd say that um, it's important to it, consider that. And if you've lost something in the past year or so, a pet or animal that you really cared about, do some meditation and let that animal know to say, come back. You, you're more than welcome to come back. And we have story upon story upon story been told to us that this has happened many, many times. So, yes, they do return from previous lifetimes, and they do return within the lifetime, and then they return. Maybe you were with that dog back in Roman times, and that dog found you again, and oh, we're back in, back in business. So, yes, it does happen, and eternal is the only length of time that these connections can go on, eternally, which we think will gladden the hearts of those who are deeply in love with their pets, and if their body malfunctions, would want them back and would accept them heartily if they came back from another lifetime. Absolutely. Okay. Well, that was our last question, Veronica. And if you'd like to take a break and come back and give the message to the world, that would be great. All right. Okay. Well, everyone, thank you for listening to the show today. And those are great questions. And I always say that, I know, but some of them, I mean, I learned so much from all of this. It's unbelievable. So, you know, if you want more information uh, on a question that was asked, write in to innerwhispersradio.com and we'll try to get your question on the air as soon as we can. Are you there, Veronica? Yes, we are. What a wonderful opportunity a new year brings. What a wonderful concept of, you know, letting go of the past and moving into the present moment while creating a wonderful future. We think New Year's is a good time to reflect on that a little bit and how important it is to know that new beginnings can and do happen all the time. So if you had a little bit of a rough time in the past year, what is it, 2023, look at this as a grand opportunity to begin again. Maybe revisit some of the things that didn't go well and see with the new energy if it's, you're able to, you know, smooth it out, get the wrinkles out of the fabric. Use the time. Have the belief system in place that it is new and it is opportunity and you are going to go for it. That's what you should do. Dwelling in the past doesn't really fix anything. But living colorfully in the present moment while designing your future is an important step to take. And this is the beginning of a new year, the most wonderful time to embrace it and implement all that it stands for. So do it. The world awaits you. Okay, thank you, Veronica. And I want to thank everyone for listening to the show today. We'll be back with you next week with more questions. Until then, take care of yourself. Bye-bye.